0: I'm glad to know him by his blood, I'm glad to know him by his voice, I'm glad to know him by his touch, I'm glad to know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me, oh yes, hallelujah, I'm telling you, I'm glad to be here tonight to lift a hallelujah to none other but Jesus Christ, the anointed one. God bless you, it's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. And you may be seated if you would like. That would be fine. We're going to go to the 66th chapter of Isaiah, the final chapter of Isaiah. We're finally getting close. Man, it took a little longer than we expected to go through 66 chapters. We won't finish tonight unless a miracle takes place. God says that's enough. Uh, if other than that, we won't. Amen. Uh, we're going to focus probably majority of the night just on the first two verses and several verses from that. Um, let me assure you tonight, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, and even other times, I know we, we love the hype, we love the dance, we love the shout. It helps us. But I'm going to tell you what, you and I better be getting this book, The Word of God, into our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. We're living in a world today, and the prophet told us it's going to be a lack of the knowledge of the Word of God, not a lack of preaching, not even considering, I guess you could say, a lack of churches, church buildings, and places to go, uh, all flavors, all types. Amen. some believe this, some believe that, but there's going to be a lack of the knowledge of the Word of God, and uh, that's a very dangerous thing, it really is, and so, but it's up to you and I to purpose in our own hearts, our own minds and spirit, to take out the time to read the Word of God, to ponder it, to make it a part of our habit, if I could put it that way. Uh, you know, and not so much at the end of the day. If that's all you got and that's all you can give, well, I'd at least do it then. But I would make it a practice maybe early in the mornings and throughout today to get a hold of the Word of God and read it. Read it for yourself. If you have the gift and the ability to memorize it, I'd apply that gift toward that. Uh, You know, if you apply yourself on your job to quote things and learn things and how to do things to attain raises, we're not against that. But at the same time, we need to use those gifts, amen, for the kingdom of God, for yourself, for your own self, as well as for others. And uh, so as we watch even this particular chapter here and some things that's going to come out in this particular chapter about God and the Word of God, what He has to say, and what you and I are a part of and going to be a part of. Uh, How many of you believe that we're facing the end time? And we understand we're warned by the Word of God, it's going to be perilous times. Perilous actually means difficult, troubled times. Uh, You know, it's uh, one generation can have dealt with a, a time in America that the the struggle may not been quite the same, such as during maybe the time of depression and then following that for a few generations it wasn't quite as bad. And so those generations dealt with things a little different because of of the geographical situation, the spiritual realms, the things that were available, and uh, but those that came through the time of depression and sh- struggled with certain things whenever they weren't plenty of gas and plenty of food, and hey, they learned how to survive. They learned how to take little, make much out of it. I've heard some of you talk about your own parents and your mothers and would take just a few things and begin to put it together and add other things and make a full course meal out of it. Sometimes you'd have to eat the same things two or three times a day and things of this nature. Now, our generation really doesn't know a whole lot about that, to be, said, be honest. I'm not complaining about that. But yet, hey amen, we, we have so much more available unto us. We have access and uh, we're exposed to so much more today. And not all of that's to the good. It's really, it's not. There's probably more damage there than good, Uh, but yet we still got to deal with it, and we got to deal with our time, we got to deal with the spirits of our time, and the results of our times. We can say what we want to. It's a part of it, and, uh, but as we we go into this, and and I will mention probably to end here uh, tonight, uh, just to start with, just to let everybody know how much we appreciate you, and, and your prayers and your support. Uh, Monday night, if you came and a host of you did, and we thank you so much. We felt for you and many others Monday night before it was over with. it was from five to eight. as some of you know, we left there at 9:25. And there was a line there from before 5 until that time. And uh, so we thank you for that response. And uh, it meant so much to us and strengthened us, and uh, we appreciate it. We really do. All the kind things, the food, the cards, and the encouragement. Uh, it's times like this you really realize, as it's done been mentioned in kind of the setting of this service, to show our appreciation. And uh, to our brothers and sisters, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, amen, how much we need them and how much they mean to us. And uh, I couldn't tell you how often it's been mentioned in the last few days that, in a sense, shame on us for allowing and having to, times like this that we really express it and uh, to understand and to realize it. And maybe the Lord will help us to uh, show greater compassion, reach a little harder, try to do some things, and to, uh, to help us to really understand how precious life is. Amen, not to take it for granted. I know we're busy, we're busy, everybody's busy, got places to go, things to do. We understand that. But at the same time, you know, we have such an obligation, responsibility of showing that love and kindness and, and, and uplifting and encouraging to our brothers and sisters, and God help us to do it. Amen, to love one another, to care for one another, to reach out to one another. The more we do this, the more sensitive we come to this, the more we will also in the spiritual realms. And I believe the church is equipped. I believe God's equipped the church, amen, to make an impact right up to the very moment. Jude makes that clear to us. Plucking them out of the fire. That tells me that's right up to the very day. Of the rapture of the church, amen, and, the, and the, all of that is going to happen and take place, so so we can have revival, we can have miracles and wonders and signs and visitations of God up until the very moment. Uh, there may be some that just gets in as we make the statement sometime by the skin of their teeth, amen, amen. Just in the last few seconds or moments of time, find that that place, find that moment, amen. Of, God's uh, filling them with the Holy Ghost and preparing them and snatching them out with the church, catching us away, amen, in that moment time. So, but as we look at Isaiah 66 and 1 here tonight, and uh, the first two verses, and I've mentioned some of this, uh, this is a very powerful chapter, all said and gone, just like the following chapter. Uh, There's so much in this. I won't cover all of it by no means and won't maybe probably expound upon all of it either. Uh, Some of it still, you know, but he covers so much. When Isaiah is writing this and dealing with a lot of this, uh, there's so much it goes in so many directions when you really begin to do, uh, run, run references on the scripture of what's being likened to, what's been the statements that are being said. But you can be promised of one thing. God's intention is to save humanity. Amen. God's intention is to deliver us. His intent for you tonight, amen, is for you to finish the journey. Amen. To hold on to the plow, to endure unto the end. It is God's it is not God's intention for you to fall to the wayside, to to be lured away. Amen. No. And if you are, it's our responsibility, and it's going to be God's heartbeat to reach out and get a hold of you and pull you back in, get you back into arms safety, get you back into that place. Amen. That you could be raptured ready. That's a very important thing that we need to be mindful. As busy as we are. And as occupied as we are, and as many things as pulling at our lives, we need to make sure we keep that priority where it belongs. That you know what I want to be—I want to be raptured, ready in that moment. Amen. Uh, Sister Mel done mentioned, amen, about the fog, and you never know whenever you break. Anybody ever been driving down the road and you broke out of a little fog? and There was something that whoo. Where'd that come from, you know? And, and so that's the same way, you know. And that's, that's really what's going to happen, amen. When the trump of God, that last trump, when it takes place and it happens, I promise you, and it's a twinkle of eyes not very long. You know, you got to get ready and be ready stay ready. And it's going to mean something. It's going to mean something this end time to keep us ourselves in a raptured condition. Now, Peter preached it to us. Save yourself from this untoward Generation, and I'm telling you, we're there. We're there. Uh, just about everything under the sun, people's believing, and giving themselves to it, and uh, uh, giving themselves over to it. But I'm thankful tonight. I'm thankful for the Word of God, for the written Word of God, that we can we can have a man to go back to, to study, to uh, run things through. If you've got questions, you know what the best thing you can do for yourself. Start running Scripture on it. Start searching out the Word of God. Amen. Take that one op- subject and, uh, and, and, man, begin to search the Scriptures. See what the Bible has to say about it. You may have something that nobody's ever even preached on that you need a little insight about, to, amen, to help you, amen. And so, you know what? The Word of God will help you. This is for settled. Now, nobody can change it. Nobody has the power and nobody's been given the right to change it. And I'm not interested in changing it. What I'm interested in is letting it change me. That's what I'm interested in. And I'll I'll stand before you tonight and tell you, hey, I'm still interested in being changed. I'm still interested in being worked on. I'm still interested in the, the potter putting his hand on this clay. Amen. And it never changes because we got seasons that we got to go through and how we handle them and how we deal with them will depend upon how we yield ourselves to the potter's hand to help shape us and mold us for those hours and moments of times in our lives. Nothing catches God by surprise. Amen. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. So in Isaiah 66 and 1, thus saith the Lord, the heaven Is my throne. He's fixing to expound to us. He's fixing to let us know where God's at, where his throne's at. I'm going to use quite a few scriptures with this first part of this verse. Amen. I believe personally. This is this is the, the responsibility of the church and right down to us as individuals, amen, as we penetrate the heavens, amen, as we, we bombard heaven and get to heaven to move upon the earth and to move upon our behalf. And so we get a little idea in this first verse. We understand where God and his throne's at, amen. And so when you even think of a throne, amen, and we know Revelation talks about it, and we put a lot of emphasis on one throne because we're one God, God-believing people. We believe in one person in the Godhead. We don't believe in two or three. We don't believe the third person, father, the second person because we don't believe in a second third person. We believe in one person. We believe God is a spirit and nothing ever changes that. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Amen. So you can't see a spirit. You can feel it. You can see results of it. Amen. But, but we know the writer here is talking. He says, the Lord saith it." the heaven, amen, and he's talking about the heavens of the heaven is my throne. This is my place of abode. And it doesn't mean that he's left the earth. It doesn't mean, amen, that he's not a part of it and he doesn't know what all is going on. But I do believe it means, amen, that there are some principles and things that's left upon this earth because there is a God of the earth. There is a kingdom of darkness and there's spiritual wickedness in high places. And there is angels and forces, amen, that can hinder prayers. There's powers, amen, that can hinder the will of God. Read Paul writings he said the devil tendered me and if he can hinder the devil I mean if he can hinder Paul amen he can hinder you and I amen and if he could tempt Jesus Christ he can tempt you and I I dealt with a little bit that just recently amen about eternal salvation and that you know you got it no matter what comes and goes we don't believe that amen we believe you can lose salvation disobedient children won't be a part of that And, and so there's a lot in all of this in living for God amen that's I mentioned already. Got get your hands on the plow. Amen. And, and you've got to endure unto the end. We're just on a journey. We just got started. I haven't, I haven't got the completeness of salvation tonight. There's more to it. I got the earnest. I got the down payment. I got the spirit. I got the foundation right. But even on this foundation, the writer says, take heed how you build thereupon. How am I going to do all that? I got to know where to lift my eye. I got to know how to lift up my voice. I got to know who to lift my hands to. I got to know that God that's sitting on the throne of the circle of this earth. Amen. Can be touched through a man called Jesus Christ. That he is the door and the gateway. Not just whenever the rapture takes place. But I'm talking about as I breathe and live upon this earth here today. This God can be touched. This God can be moved. Regardless of the circumstances and situations that you and I are facing. In the spiritual realm, in the physical realm, or any other realm. I get God to move on my back. There is not anything impossible for this God to do. We're living in a world today that really don't believe in the supernatural. They don't really believe in the miraculous. And it would do this church good here. I'm talking about seeing a miracle. Seeing a supernatural I'm not talking about some, well, it could have been or it might have been. No, I'm talking about it took it. And without it, you didn't get it. Hmm. There is a difference. And so as you look at this, you can go to 2 Chronicles 9, 17 and 9. And actually, this is the throne that Solomon, just to give you a little idea about a throne, a throne Amen is a place and some call it you can call it a canopy some people said you can call it a place of a seat or even a stool, but it's actually something that's built up it's something that's elevated and, and there it talks about the throne that Solomon built and the, the beauty of it out of ivory, and then it's covered with pure gold when you go to those writings and talks about it. Uh, so this throne, amen. He calls it the heavens, amen. Where this God abodes. It's not necessarily a place that God may be just setting on himself. But but I believe the reason even Jesus Christ and the likening unto the right-hand side, amen, because there are some enemies that have not been defeated and overcome. That day's coming then that you know there's something we can look forward to that is eternal salvation that's coming there, there's coming a day that I won't have to worry about it. I won't have to worry about no tempter. I won't have to worry about losing it. Hallelujah! i have a glorified body. There will be a devil amen that he won't be bound just a thousand years but he'll be cast into that lake of fire and he won't tempt nobody else. Yeah this is the devil that some people don't think he don't have no power but yet this is the devil amen that deceived nations the Bible said. This is a devil amen that uh, now we're going to look upon him. This is the one. This is the God. This is Amen. Because God can send one angel and bind him up. But where you and I are at and in this old earthen vessel, amen, I'm telling you, it's a different ball game. But there is a God that's in the heavens that can be moved upon our behalf with and by the stripes laid upon his back, with and by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And they wanted to cast down the name. They want to criticize the name. But I'm telling you, even in this particular chapter, you're going to see there's been many that suffered for the name and that's coming back. But those that are willing to suffer for the name is also going to demonstrate the power of that name. Because I believe we can lay hands on bodies and and corrupt minds and pray in the name of Jesus. And instantly and spontaneously, God turn him around. He don't need three steps to do nothing. Woo! This thing is a spiritual warfare, and there's only one name that the spiritual world can understand, and that's the name of Jesus. And so whenever you get to talk about that, and, and there's several scriptures that's, that's going to talk about the throne, and it's going to talk about the heavens and the earth as his footstool. The Earth as his footstool. Where his footstool. I'm going to talk a little bit about, and I appreciate you on Wednesday nights. We are, you know, you're working. It's, it's, it can be hectic. You do good just to get here and keep awake and, and all that good stuff. That's understandable because you're in an earthen vessel, <laughs> and it gets tired and weary. But thank God for Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and any other time that we gather here to worship Him. And we're going we're gonna to be some scriptures. There's going to be some things that talks about that. Uh, the psalmist, the Mary Dimension mentioned about the, the, in the book of Psalms. And so there's going to be some things that we bring out that will help us to understand the reason why we come together, the reason why we join here, and what can transpire, and what can take place. I'm telling you, any issue, any, anything that we're dealing with, Can be changed even in this service tonight. As we petition. Now you can make this just a habit. Protocol. Or just you know. Or you can write it in here with faith. That believe when I write the names down of my family. If I write a particular situation. That God I believe you're going to do something. I believe that we can move the God of Heaven. It may take 21 days for the answer to come. But I believe that I can move the God of heaven, amen, upon a situation, hallelujah, that nothing or nobody else can help me but he can help me. And even though I don't see it today or tomorrow, you know what? God, I'm still going to believe that you're going to work this thing out, that you're going to put some things in motion. As much as the enemy is up snares, amen, to, to ensnare me and rob me, I got a God that's working on my life also. Ain't just a devil working. My God in heaven, there's a God in heaven that works upon us that wants to work on the earth, but he's got to have a body of believers that allow him to work through. you write this, write it with faith Uh write it believing God's going to help God's going to work God's going to do something and so when when you watch some of this this was not the first time that this was mentioned by the writer Isaiah but it was mentioned in Isaiah 57 13 and 15 and he goes, he says, now notice, when thou criest. You know, I'm still amazed. And I understand the devil's a god of this world, and he's got a, str- a stranglehold on a lot of people. Got a lot of people blinded. As the Bible says that. I'm not telling you something. It's, you know, they blinded. If they don't believe this gospel, the simple reason is the, the god of this world has got them blinded. Man, you've got to have an ear to hear a man and a heart to understand and a passion and a hunger. But, but yet, to, 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 for us to conduct ourselves in a way that we're so helpless and hopeless and without an avenue, without one to call on, we don't need to get there. We need to remember with a surety in our hearts and our minds and spirit, there's a God in the heavens that can be moved on the earth. There's a wheel, a man, a God of the heaven. That he desires to be on the earth. <laughs> I'll show you just a minute. Did you watch this begin to unfold. When thy cries, let thy companies deliver thee. Now he's talking to Israel here, if you remember. And they, they had given themselves over to idols. And so when they cried, when they found themselves in a dilemma, they found themselves in a situation. Amen. And he says, your company. He's talking about that great host of idols that you had worshipped, that you had gave yourself to. He says, but the wind shall carry them away and vanity shall take them. But he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. I'm telling you, in this in, the, in this last leg of this journey, a man is a church upon this earth. They're going to learn how to trust God. Even in America, we can find ourselves in some situations and in some struggles and battles. Amen. If God don't show up, nothing else is going to work. We're going to need a God that's bigger than who we are. We're going to need a power. Amen. And a kingdom. Amen. That's bigger than any technology has got. Amen. We're going to need a touch and a move. Amen. that's better than any lawyer that's ever walked on the green earth that we're living on. We're going to need a power and a moving. But you know what? There is a God. I'm going to assure you tonight there is a God, a man in the heavens and the heavens is strong but he's not a God that cannot be touched but I'm telling you he's a God that can be touched and he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities if we trust him, if we have confidence in him and not waver from you, you know what I believe you God and so he goes from that and he says but he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain and shall say Cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one." I'm going to be honest with you tonight if you listen to the most of our our worlds and surroundings around us they teach and instruct us not to fear nothing they have taught and instructed us amen not to bow down to anything that we need to be mighty and self independent and things of this nature but if you really watch behind the scenes of a lot of these things it's nothing but the devil hardening us and conditioning us that we won't fear God near the house of God but I will tell you Tonight, a man amen, without a real, true fear of God and the Word of God. And the writer's going to talk about that in just a few verses. Amen. man, let me just ask you something. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. When's the last time that we absolutely trembled at the Word of God? It shook us to the pace. It was like waking up. And a reality check. Like, oh, my God. That's what has lifted itself up off this earth. At one time, America feared God. She reverenced and feared any, any place that was built to worship God, and it didn't matter the denomination at one time. They may break in the home below it and above it, but even the crooks wouldn't come. Churches were some of the last places they locked the doors when everybody else was locking their doors. But because the fear of God, the fear of judgment of God, because God's in the heavens and His judgment doesn't come so quickly, we're pronged and subject and not talking about just of humanity. To feel like we're getting away with it or maybe, maybe, maybe this is not, you know, God didn't intend this. So let's, let's look at some of this. It's what it's really telling us. Matthew 23, 16, the Lord himself. This is the fourth woe. In this setting of scriptures here. The fourth woe. Woe to the blind guides which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the goal of the temple, he, he, he's a debtor. You know, it wasn't the temple. They, they, you can already see, they, they, they would treat the temple just any old way. They began to allow any kind of actions to take place. I remember a time, if we would be real careful even here, you and I would make any business transactions inside this auditorium. Changing of money or anything. There was a time we would be careful our conversation. When we walked inside this sanctuary. Because we didn't want to grieve the spirit of God. We reverenced this place. We honored this place. Now we understand that we are the temple of God. But it's something about a place that's been set aside and that has been dedicated for the service of the God of heaven to come and fall upon us and manifest himself and declare his powers. Hey I believe if there's any word that we can get an answer it ought to be here. Let me just be honest with you. The answer I needed one week ago. I knew if I was going It It was going to be here one week ago when you gathered around me. And if heaven didn't open up, amen, I knew, I knew, I knew. Like it or not. That's the reason we don't walk in here nonchalant. and That's the reason I, I tell you sometimes the countenance on your face when you walk in this house. Especially if you have the countenance. I'd rather be anywhere but here. God's judging. God sees it. Right. And it can stop the spirit of God. Just like that. Right. Just like that. Why you think God's strong now is in a place that no man can get to it? There's only one. I'm going to show you in Hebrews where where possibly there is the abode of spirits, the only man that he's got a glorified body is Jesus. And it's through this man and this man only that you can move this God in the supernatural, in the miraculous. So here he's dealing with the spirit, the attitude of the Pharisees, the handling of the temple, the handling of several things. It's just a few verses here. Let me just kind of go through them. He said, he fools and blind. For whether it's greater, the gold or the temple that sanctify the gold. Which one's the greatest? True, they're both imported, but without one, the other is no good. Because huh. without the temple, there's no sanctifying of the gold. Will be no different. Whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Again, he says, "He fools and blinds for whether is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift." It's the altar that you lay it on. It's the. Um, we Moses was instructed about the altars. He was instructed of the size and the material that build them. There's many altars throughout the lands and throughout our world, and even in the time of Israel. Even the pagans had altars, forms and fashions of way of worship. We may get into some of that in just a few minutes, as far as a man, to, you know, it makes a difference. I, I mentioned, and I believe it was mentioned here, maybe Sunday morning about the table. Everybody don't have access to the same table that born-again, blood-wash, Jesus' name, believing people has a right to. Well, what about some of those things that happen out there? I could tell you one thing in the judgment. There's going to be those that said, hey, we cast out devils in your name. We heal the sick in your name. We raised the dead in your name. He's going to look at them and said, I never knew you. You are workers of God iniquity. You see one or two things is going to work us either the spirit of iniquity or the spirit of God that's the only two choices are said and done and whatever measure we give ourselves unto them we can believe this or not but that's the same way in walking with God. It's how we give ourselves to the light. It's how we give ourselves to God. Even if what God can do with us as vessels. Amen. As we yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost. As we yield ourselves to the Word of God. As we yield ourselves to those instructions. As we on a daily basis bombard the heavens. Hey, you can't just wait, amen, until you need a spare time. Providence and faith that believe that God's going to show up. And God's going to do it. And it's not that you earn it. It's about walking in the faith. It's about that It's How many of you remember what one of the evangelists said here one night? He was talking about prayer. He said, we'd be better off to pray 15 or 20 minutes consistently every day than an hour every three or four days. Would you rather talk to your wife if you only had the choice to talk to her one hour every four days or 15 or 20 minutes every day? Let me ask you this. People that you make contact, even in a small period of time on a daily basis, are you more familiar with where they're at and who they are And your friendship is more open than those that you talk to just every so often. And so, thank God for church. Three times out of the week at least. Could it be the reason they had such moves of God in those four and five weeks of revival without a rest night? It was that continually bombarding the throne room. And the power of it moving and the glory of it moving. But today we find ourselves so busy. And we are, but, but so much pressure from so many different directions. I, I, I take up with this generation, I don't jump on you. Hmm. Back in some of those days, there were so many, so many laws that's not today, so much requirement that's put up on us by the laws of the land insurances, obligations, and responsibilities. That's forcing. That's the reason we got so many husbands and wives both working. Now you going to agree with that or disagree with it? It's still the truth. Because now we find ourselves just trying to. But if we're not careful, it's nothing but a trick of the enemy. Because if I can keep you occupied and busy, I didn't say doing sinful stuff. Just keeping you where you don't have time, cry out to the heavens and keep that fellowship and relationship in the heavens. I don't mean to get on all that. He goes from that, talks about the temple, he talks about the altar. Whosoever therefore sweareth by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all the things thereon. And whosoever shall swear by the temple, sweareth it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God. Hmm. Wow. And by him that setteth their own. And I'm telling you what, that's the reason when you know you've heard from God and it's come from the throne room of God. And it's got that Jerusalem ring. If we're not careful, we've allowed a Holy Ghost that never comes from the throne room. It's an emotional, moving, feeling good, but it's not of God. There's some things that's got to come from the throne. If it doesn't come from the throne of heaven, if it comes from any other throne, it won't get the job done. At time and season will prove it. Time and season will prove it. But that comes from the throne room, the heavens, the place of God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. That right there is just as important tonight as it's going to be whenever the rapture takes place. If you want a miracle, you're going to get it through Jesus. It won't be any other way or it wasn't a miracle. It was a delusion that was sent to cause an individual to go further and further into darkness and deception. And sometimes God's allows some things even in the spiritual realms to take place to, to bombard and to, to help, you know, uh, ensnare. I know I'm saying some things tonight. That's, this thing's a spiritual thing more than what people realize. It really is. Matthew 6 and 9 says, he taught us, I'm just going to make mention of this, but he taught us in Matthew 6 that the disciples desired to, for the Lord to teach them how to pray. And he simply taught them, he said, pray that hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. From the throne room a man calling on the will and the kingdom of god the power of god to move and to operate among us it's our father which art in heaven that's where he's at i'm talking about the god the god of all spirits and the only name that releases that power is the name of jesus and go to first Kings and here you see of Solomon and, and you're gonna see where he, he's built the temple he's dedicating and prayer is being made. And I'm not gonna go through all of his prayer. I'd like to, but I don't have the time, so we won't do it. But starting about the twenty-seventh verse, he says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heavens of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built it? I mean, we, we, the house we built, the, the temple that Solomon, and you heard Brother Odom as he gave the, the, the expense of it and, and, and the how elaborate and in and, and, and the celebration and all that took place. But even in that, the God didn't come and just dwell in that house. He moved in that house, he sanctified that house, and he moved in a way that the, the, the priest couldn't even minister. But it wasn't the house he come and took up a bowl in. That's the reason only you and I have a, the down payment and a measure. We don't have the Spirit in full like Jesus Christ. Yet have thy respect unto the prayers of thy servants and to his supplications. O Lord, my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayers which thy servants prayeth before thee today. That thy eyes may be opened toward his house night and day even toward the place of which thou hast said, my name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall speak toward this place, and hearken thou unto the supplications of thy servants and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, here, thou in heaven, the dwelling place, when thou, when thou curest, amen, when thou curest and forgive them, what did he instruct them? He's asking God when the dedication of this, if they turn toward this place, this temple, amen, and they begin to cry out to the God of heaven, amen, that dwelt in the heavens, that the God of heaven would forgive them, that the God of heaven would move them. Hey, it's in second Chronicles, amen, that were instructed, if my people which are called by my name or humble themselves, and turn from their wickedness and cry out he said I'll heal your lands and I'm a God that can be moved on circumstances and situations even upon the earth in the miraculous and supernatural realm but you and I have got to understand where he's at and you and I have got to understand how to get a hold of him we learned just not last Sunday morning Sunday night morning before about Jonah you know what got him out of that prepared fish Believing that God could hear him. And to the best of his ability, he turned toward that temple and he cried out for this God. (laughs) And in that three-day journey, God was taking taking him right back into his will. There's the key. Not my will, but thy will be done. And when his will is going to be done, he can prepare the fish. And guess what? That fish was carrying him in the total opposite direction than what he was headed. The fish carried him where he was supposed to be. That's what prayer is about. That's what touching the throne room is about. I have a chapter, Psalms. Actually, this chapter is dealing with trusting God. Beginning of it, he says, and the Lord put my trust, how say, ye unto my soul, flee as a bird to your mountains. If you do a study on this particular chapter, all the writers believe that this particular Psalm was written, penned by David. It was penned during the time, possibly in 1 Samuel's 18, 19, and 20. This is a time that he's fleeing that Jonathan is encouraging him to flee from Saul. The time that he's running for his life. And so here, a man, you see this end by David himself. That where he was going to put his trust, where he's putting his confidence. And even in this moment, time of him being encouraged or his counselors, as some would put it, was encouraging him to do. But uh, but, but, he said, but for all the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their hours upon the stream, that they may privately shoot or in darkness shoot and upright and heart. If the foundations be destroyed which, can, which what can the righteous do? Listen to the question here. If the foundations plural be destroyed what can the righteous do? The foundations he's talking about here is earthly foundations. When all of them crumble out from under you there's nowhere else to stand and nothing else you can put your trust in and put your confidence in and everything else is sinking sand study it out I had another Psalms. So I don't know if I wrote it down or not man but he, he brings us out about the foundations being of the earth the writings here he says the Lord is in that holy temple the Lord's throne is in the heaven. His eyes be gold, his eyelids try the children of men. He's watching. He's observing. I could quickly run amen to Stephen now. I preached on it and I know I, I go back to it many a times. But I am telling you Jesus is watching us. The God of the universe is watching us. That ever, every eye, amen, is watching every move that we make. And if we'll just cry out to the throne room. If we'll just have our minds made up. God, your will's going to be done. You're going to bring it about. That's the reason I'm going to tell you we got to get there. Because we're going to experience some mock times of the coming of the Lord. And if we can Amen. Endure the mocking and the ridiculing and the persecution. Amen. With the confidence that God's going to work it all out. Especially during the time of persecution. What would we do tonight if they just happened to pull up in the bus out there, walked in here with the armed and say, All right, you can change your way of worshiping and preaching, or we fix to load you up. We're not exempt from that. Not by the book. The laws of America's helped us. But as much as they're changing them and trying to change them, you better watch what's going on in that White House. They're trying to change the Constitution. They're trying to change everything. And as much as they can, it'll be against the Christian when it's all said and done. And so when all the foundations of the earth is crumbled out from under us to protect us and to hold us, you and I better know how to get a hold of the God of the throne. You and I better know how to, a man to get a hold and get into that realm of the supernatural and pulling down a power and authority. A man that can cause jailbreaks to take place. That's in the New Testament. It could cause angels to come down. Amen. It sh- give an earthquake. that <laughs> didn't shake the whole city, but it shook what had his men bound up. He can do that. He can do that. So, as we watch some of this unfold and some of it really begin to take place, I did bring my watch tonight. I, I remember. Can I cover at least one more let me let me to give you some examples right quick of what I'm talking about. To let you know that I'm not as far out there as you might think I am tonight. I know in America. I understand that. But if I carry you to the Acts the seventeenth chapter, and there is a time, amen in Paul's life, he's on Mars Hill. And so being there, he begins to talk to them and wants to use the they got altars, you know, to all of them, and one of them was into the unknown God. You know that you know the situation, the scenario, what was taking place here. I want to drop down to a few things. He begins to speak of them. Watch what he says: God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands as though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life, breathe in all things, and hath made up one blood all nations, men that dwell in the face of the earth. Earth and have determined the times before opponent and bounds in their habitations that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not from, from every one of us he's not far but yet he is Amen. because he's in the heavens of heavens but he's not far you know how far he's away one prayer one crying out of the name of Jesus can move the God of heaven in an instant in a moment of time that's where a miracle comes in when nothing else on the earth can redeem you when nothing else on the earth can save you we're nothing else on the earth but there's a God that's in the heavens amen that can be moved by faith and prayer in one instant in one moment of time and as quick as you could turn these lights on and off the God that we serve the God that we believe in can move in that moment move in that instant and perform the miraculous that's the reason we come to a place like this and worship with all the heart soul mind and strength that's the reason we believe in the name of Jesus that's the reason we hold on to hope amen when everything else is failing that's the reason we believe these going to see us through if he can feed Elijah he can feed you and I if he can amen sustain a whole nation called Israel and break them through the wilderness across the Red Sea he can do the same thing for you and I watch him drop down a few verses because he has pointed a day in thee which talking about Jesus in the day that which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, that in he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we will hear thee again about this situation. There's a lot of more scriptures. Maybe I shouldn't have got so many for tonight in this particular area. I could have took you to Jeremiah seven and four. Took you where he tried to get them to persuade them. He said, "Hey, you got to change your ways. You got to make them better. You got to turn." There's a God that's in the heavens, Amen. That's looking that's beholding, that's checking, that's, that's checking us out, that's looking upon us and trying to help us. I got to take you to the message of Stephen in the seventh chapter. Amen. And what took place there. I could take you to Psalms 99 and 5 and worship a man at his footstool. Hear this for just a moment and you can stand but write this down maybe Psalms 99 and 5 exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool don't ever underestimate your worship a man in the house of God or upon this earth the earth is his footstool and when you worship him in spirit and truth and you worship him with all of your heart you're moving the God of heaven he's not just one of the gods he's not a maybe God he is God and when you do it in that form and fashion you can believe that this almighty God can't be moved Psalms 130 32 and 7. We will go into his tabernacle. We will worship at his footstool. That's the reason every time we gather here and we put forth effort and energy into what? Worshipping. We want to worship him. That's the reason we're taught in the New Testament. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. There's something about coming together and begin to worship this almighty God. You've been in it with me. Having the power of God and the glory of God begins to move. i am telling you, I've telling you we can have some old-fashioned moves of God. Upper room experiences are not over with amen visitations amen With the coyote cage is not over with the miracles and supernatural powers of God is not over with but I'm telling you somebody's got to get it made up in their minds I may be on the earth and at his footstool but I can get the same God amen where this is his footstool the God of heaven to move in this place through our Lord Jesus Christ I didn't get to the part of a broken heart contrite spirit he will not despise. He will not turn away. A humbleness. A true humbleness. I get mad. I getting frustrated. But, but really humbling ourselves unto Him. You know what got us through some of the trials of our lives? We humbled ourselves to God. We didn't twist his arm. We didn't force him. We didn't do any of that. But we come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And it moved to God of heaven on our behalf. That's the reason you and I as born-again Christians have survived some things and storms in life that the rest of the world looks at you and say, I don't know how they've done it. But, oh, yes, they do. Because that's the reason the rest of the world is looking for other substance and resources to be able to cope with the world. But I'm thankful to know a God tonight in the heavens. It's not just in the heavens, but the earth is his footstool. And because the earth is his footstool and we begin to worship him and magnify and call and humble ourselves unto him, he's going to show up and he's going to perform the miraculous I didn't get that far tonight, and I apologize for that. Maybe we'll speed up more next week. Hallelujah. It's going to mean something to serve this God in this end time. It's going to mean something, amen, to be caught in the rapture. It's going to mean something, amen, not to be deceived or lured out. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, amen. Amen. There's so much out there luring people now. You can't even drive the loose tail. Amen. That's so much junk. You got to make up your mind. Go put the blinders on. you say, I'm a vessel of God. Amen. I'm going to be a worshiper, not just Sunday morning, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights. I'm going to be one Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to give him my all. I'm going to have a walk with him, a relationship, and a fellowship. I'm going to have communion with him. I'm going to know him. Hopefully, tonight something's been said. I know. Uh, anyway, the uh, best thing you got to do when we get in battles is to humble ourselves. As he told David, hey, Amen. This is not your battle, it's mine. Let's let him fight it for us. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your compassion. We ask for nothing but your perfect divine will even in this local assembly and every individual of this church and our community. You help us as a church to be a blessing to this community. You help us be a light. You help us humble and yield ourselves like never before. Let the God of the heavens move upon this earth with the power of your grace and mercy. Doing the work and bringing about your will in every circumstance and every situation as we humble ourselves unto you in the precious name of our Lord. And Savior Jesus Christ, we pray, Amen. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Let's don't forget one week from night, Amen. Brother Alviar Junior is going to be with us. He's actually going to be the whole week in our area. He'll be staying in the fellowship. Hall, going to other local churches. He'll be at Brother McKissick's Friday night. And uh, so, if you'd like to go, plan to be a part of that. They're inviting. I wouldn't like everybody to come. So if you know somebody, invite somebody to come be with us next Wednesday night. Okay? God bless you. Any announcements? Sister Lisa. Sure.